Hey, everybody. Welcome. You're listening to the Lead, Build, Live podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Lead, Build, Live podcast, the podcast where every week we share practical tips and tools to help you lead well, build healthy teams and organizations, and live a life that matters. I am here with my partner in crime, Rob. Rob, how's it going, man? It's going great. I love that. Um, one part of our mission that I just said was is to help leaders live, and that's something that a lot of leaders don't do well. And what I mean by that is a lot of leaders become so married to their work that they're sort of life all revolves around this. And that's not always, always good. For me, I have a tendency to kind of go, 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 go. Like I, I don't seem to know how to stop. Right? Absolutely. And, and most leaders do. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not alone, but um, I've been working on that, trying to get better. Um, but I, I realized it's not helpful. And I've been reading a book, actually a really great book called Rest. Um, uh, and I've been doing some practicing a little bit, but I still have a long way to go. But I will tell you after just going, 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 work, 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 uh, and just carrying the weight of leadership, which is a lot sometimes. Uh, I found a couple of weeks ago on a Monday night, I found myself in the hospital in the middle of the night. Yeah. I thought I was having a heart it attack. Scary. It was scary. Yeah. I thought I was having a heart attack. I legitimately thought this might be the last night on this earth. And I was thinking about all these sort of different things. And the doctors ran all these tests and they came back and they said, you're not having a heart attack. I was totally shocked. Couldn't believe it. I mean, just, they could have said, Hey, we're about to get on a, a boat and swim or float to Mars. And I would have been equally like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, what they basically said to me is we think that you have a lot of stress and there's some anxiety in your body that you're not aware of. Cause I'm just not really an anxious person. And that was hard. That was a hard call for me. It was a hard awakening to go, my gosh, like I'm not doing as good of a job of, of rest as I thought, as I thought it was. And I think a lot of leaders, they're stressed too. And we work with those leaders. They're, they're stressed about all kinds of things. And there's no sense of recovery from go, 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 go. There's no take a break, restore, fill up for so many of us. And, um, and I don't know why that is, but I, I know that it, it happens. And so today we want to talk about the role of rest and recovery in a leader's life. It's so important. And Rob, one of the things I admire most about you is that you have this ability to, you work really hard. You're one of the smartest people I know, one of the hardest workers I know, but you also love to party and have a great time and to have fun and to get out in nature and just do all these kind of things. And it feels like you have this uncanny ability to rest well in the middle, middle of busyness. And, and so Rob, I would love it if, if we could start today, you would just share your story and walk us through some practical tips to help us learn to recover ultimately so we can be our best self. Yeah. Thanks, Larry. So, I mean, first off, I had the same experience you had where I ended up in the hospital because mm -hmm. of an, uh, an anxiety attack. And I thought I was sure I was having a heart attack. And I was in my late 20s at the time. I had gone through an incredibly stressful period. But it was actually after that that suddenly my body triggered and, and sent me into the hospital mm -hmm. thinking I had a heart attack. And uh, I would guess that of leaders that are listening to this episode and of leaders in general... Um, and, and others that are in high stress jobs, this is a really common experience. Mm. A lot of people have had this happen. Yeah. To the extent that when I went in, the doctors, they took it very seriously, but they very quickly were figuring out 
ah, this isn't a heart attack. This is just another anxiety attack. We have these all the time, apparently. Mm. So the role of rest is is so important and restoration, recovery. We're going to talk about that today. I got married really young and I had children really young and I started my career really young. And by that, I mean, 21, 22, all three of these things started happening. Wow. And in that process, I encountered a lot of stress that I partly created for myself, but a lot of stress that I wasn't ready to handle. And so I had long hours, I had mental exhaustion, I had a job that required extreme focus to be successful. And so over the years, I started to learn tips and tricks that I employed in my life. At the time, I wouldn't have called them tips and tricks, I would have just called them survival. <laughs> so right. it was about survival. You were just doing clear. life and trying to tread water. Keep your I, I, nose slightly yes, above the waves. Yes. Yeah. It was it was definitely keeping the nose above the water was the only thing that was happening. Right. But what happened over time is that I, I just started to learn that when I went through a really hard project in particular, I needed to counterbalance that with something that was gonna fill the tank back up. Yeah. Something to recharge. And so I started to think of it a little bit like like counterweights. So so, um, so for example, an elevator, it would be completely worthless without the counterweights. Uh, the motor on an elevator is not strong enough to lift up the load that it's carrying. Mm-hmm. It actually needs something that serves as a counterweight in order for the whole system to work right. And I had been that elevator trying to carry a really heavy load with just the motor for yeah. a long time. Yeah. And I had just started learning, well, if I stack some counterweights over here, this whole system is going to work better. That's so interesting. I mean, I'm thinking about in our organization, uh, um, you know, we sprint toward Christmas. Christmas is a big thing. So the whole team is just cranking for several months leading up for Christmas. And then as soon as Christmas is over, it's kind of like, holy cow, that was a sprint. That was crazy. And we turn right around and go into kicking off the new year and then prepping for Easter. And we just finished that. And for church leaders, there's so many leaders that are exhausted but I don't think they have that counterbalance. They're just like, now they're on to the next thing. We're planning for the summer and then planning for the fall. And it's this endless cycle. That happens in nonprofit leadership. Um, all the small business leaders that we work with and in corporate America, it's this these sprints. But that idea of a counterbalance, that's fascinating to me because I, I would imagine there are a bunch of people listening that go, number one, that's a new concept for me. And number two, I need that. But number three, I got nothing. This is going to be a great conversation. Uh, I'm excited because that just, it all leads to this idea of active recovery. Mm. And I started to learn about this as I started to think about how leadership works in a similar way to athletics. There's a famous quote from Reed Hastings. He's the CEO of Netflix. And he said, we're a team, not a family. We're like a pro sports team, not a kid's recreational team. So Netflix leaders hire, develop, and cut smartly so that we have stars in every position. Oh, wow. What's interesting about that is that that's a very hardline stance to take on how he's building an organization. Yeah. And he's known for interesting organizational structure. But what I started to think about from that was, man, maybe maybe what we're doing as leaders is like being a pro athlete. What would that look like? I mean, I began to process that the work of being a leader is like being a pro athlete with your brain and we alternate between strategic and operational we're required to be good at both some of our projects require us to sprint a mile and other projects require us to run a marathon in order to be good at our role and and so 
to train for that, we do our own weird form of leadership CrossFit. So we're, we're doing trainings. <laughs> we see coaches. We optimize performance. We get better and better and better, just like an athlete. Yeah. And this is how athletics used to work. It was train harder, work harder, train harder, work harder. And so then they started to learn that athletes weren't peaking. Their performance wasn't peaking. They started to try to figure out what was missing. Right. And as leaders, when we just train, 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 we have to figure out what is missing in this. Mm. And so I ran into this diagram called the stress adaptation cycle. It's very simple, but it's how, you, how do you adapt to stress? And it, it's basically this. Stimulus creates fatigue. So anything you're doing that's stimulating you is going to create fatigue. For an athlete, it's exercise. For a leader, it's running a long project, right? Yeah. Fatigue requires recovery. And that's where you have a choice from there. Proper recovery will enable you to actually get stronger than you started. Hmm. Improper recovery makes you weaker. Interesting. So to complete this cycle of adapting to stress, you can't, you're going to decide what you do about recovery. If you do nothing, you're going to get weaker and weaker and weaker. If you deal with it right, you actually will become stronger than when you started. Huh which is fascinating. It's how athletics actually work. It's how muscles actually well, it, work. It, it seems, I know, but it seems counterintuitive. I mean, for, for those of us who have a high achiever bent, it's like, you know, I, I think the idea of leisure or recovery seems like, well, I don't have time for that. Or, well, that's a waste of time. You go recover, Rob. I'm going to keep working. But yeah. it sounds like what you're saying is the person who learns to recover well, the outputs or their productivity over the long haul is, is much higher. Is that Absolutely. And their longevity in, in a role as yeah, a leader. It's more sustainable. It's more sustainable. Yeah. Okay. So so I ran across this definition of active recovery for athletes that I love. Okay. So I'm just going to read it quick. It says, active recovery is the engagement of low intensity exercise after completing a heavy workout or athletic event. As paradoxical as it may seem, the best way to recover from a marathon or other sports competition is to exercise at a lower intensity rather than remaining still. Oh, that's so doesn't seem intuitive to me. <laughs> so here's what I started thinking. Like you and like many leaders out there, you kind of said it already, Larry. We have a tendency to just go, go, go. Mm. There's actually a role for that in recovery. It's okay to go a little bit. Huh. And you and it's just what you're going at determines and what speed you're going at it is going to determine whether or not it's active recovery. Yeah. So it was kind of a breakthrough for me. I realized that all of the activities that I had been doing over the years, I was sort of naturally starting to lean towards figuring out what active recovery looked like for me. Mm -hmm. uh, my friends had been telling me, and, and you kind of said it at the beginning of this episode, Rob, you're good at, at hobbies. You, you're good at staying creative. You're good at keeping relationships with other guys. But I, don't, I didn't realize at the time, and I couldn't have articulated that all of that was really a survival technique. And it took me a while to get to a point where I could put a framework around that and say, I was actually finding my own way to recover, but I was doing it like a leader does, which is usually not to just lay around. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're so adventurous. You're always out doing something. And I, I have to say, you know, over the winter, I started longing to be outside and I've been out walking and really enjoying nature. And it's like, it's like working out. Once you finally get started in it, it's a lot easier, but it's like overcoming the hurdle, giving yourself permission to yeah. get going. But once you get going, 
it feels great. And I kind of understood the other day I'm on a trail and I'm going as fast as I can walking wise. You know, I probably looked ridiculous. <laughs> you looked great. Don't you know, worry about going it. Going down. I'm uh, not ready to run yet, but because um, nothing was chasing me. But anyway, I, I'm going on down the trail and I thought about you and I thought you push yourself so hard and then you go off into the mountains or go out to Utah and these other places you found and it's like your batteries just get get yeah. full and you're busy like you're still very you're still moving you're still go 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 yeah. you're just doing something different it's active recovery gotcha. and it, it's this beautiful beautiful thing um again i don't think necessarily everyone's like this but most leaders i know are and so what happens is they go 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 they continue going at the same pace with the same workload on the same types of work mm. and that's burnout yeah. that that's like if an athlete went into a crossfit gym and just didn't leave <laughs> you'd be a little concerned, right? right? It's not going to end well. Yes. We know instinctually that's not going to end well. But as leaders, that's exactly what we do. Right. Okay. So if you're tracking with me so far, the first thing to acknowledge as a leader is that your stress requires active recovery. Okay. And, and I say that very intentionally because I don't believe that laying around is how leaders recover. And I, I haven't seen that. I don't think that our form, that doesn't mean there's no place for that, right? You have to sleep, you have other, sure, yeah. but a lot of times that true active recovery will make us stronger. Mm -hmm. All right, so by adding active recovery to your routine, you as a leader can be stronger than you ever thought possible. That's the other thing is you have to be convinced of the role of active recovery in order to value it, in order to make that time for it. Yeah, I mean, it's you're basically talking about, this. this is what performance coaches talk about. And I know athletes are always trying to get that extra 1% gain. And I remember reading an article a while back about a guy that was had played in the Super Bowl. And in my mind, I thought, I win the Super Bowl, you party all night, you sleep for three days, you do whatever. Next morning, dude's in the gym working out. Yep. And I'm going, you just, you just won the Super Bowl and you played a whole season. You should be yeah. relaxing and chilling out. But for that person, he, I guess, knew that I got to stay in there. I'm sure he didn't work out as hard, maybe. Uh, but, but it sounds like you're saying that that's actually a wise thing to do. That was active recovery for him, yeah. you know, and he, and he knew he needed it. Um, that's how you stay at peak performance. That's how you actually stay at peak performance. It's yeah. not just to go, go, go. Yeah. It reminds me though, uh, in that movie free solo yes, that came out, won an Oscar in this past year in 2019. And, uh, it was a phenomenal movie, right? But it's scary all the way through. Totally. But when he gets to the top and they ask him, what's he going to do? He says, well, I think I'm probably going to go work out on my hangboard for a while. So a, hang, a hangboard for rock climbing is where they just hold on as if it were rocks and just hang there like a pull-up, right? Mm. And so that's what he did immediately after free soloing El Capitan. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So that was insane. But it kind of speaks to the same thing where an athlete that's been training so long and has a rhythm of active recovery and a rhythm of stress adaptation. Yeah. They, they level these things out in their minds, these big events and small events, and it becomes a system of being healthy and being strong. So if a leader is really busy and they have a lot of stress, uh, your, your contentions, they need counterbalance, active recovery is a way to do that. What are some steps? How do they take steps toward active recovery? Okay. So the second key point actually is to create margin. You have to create margin in order to do this. Hmm. So there is... And what is that? <laughs> well, great question. So uh, Richard Swinson wrote a book called Margin, and he describes margin like this. Margin is the gap between rest and exhaustion. Interesting. 
and it's the space between breathing freely and suffocating. So let that sink in a little bit. That's so vivid of a word picture, yeah. Yes, there's a, there's a space there where everything is okay, mm. and you're good, and you have some energy, you're not exhausted, yeah. and you're not asleep, um, and that's, that is margin. So how do you create it? We're gonna talk about that. Uh, and I think it comes down to, you, you need to either formally or informally, but probably better to do it formally, uh, create your own active recovery plan. Now, the way to think about it is, it's a framework for you that fits you, doesn't need to be the things I do. Right. But it's it's customized frame- based on how you're wired, what how your you're wired, are. what your passions are, how much money you have. Right. Where you live. Right. Right. What kind of what your friends are into. These things should all impact it. So okay. anything that I do that's adventurous is partly because I live in Colorado and I have the opportunity. Right? right. So it's gonna be different for different people. But you have to build this framework that contributes to your per- personal health and strength which in turn supports your family and friends. So the main thing is you have to believe it's not optional. You have to make sure that it makes your other relationships better. That's part of the Mm. litmus test for a good active recovery plan. And it may require you to make some life changes, either slowly or quickly. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think about if you go to the hospital and it it is a heart attack, they immediately require you to make some big life changes with the way that you eat, the way that yeah. you exercise. And I think so many leaders, they find their backs against the wall and are tired and exhausted. Performance is going down. They're nearing um, burnout and really probably should treat it the exact same way. I mean, you're, you're advocating for active recovery and you're saying make a plan. And I would, I would go beyond that to say right now, like don't wait to do yeah. this. Cause like it's, you're close to the ER so to speak, with stress and all the weight of leadership that we should we should take it as seriously as a heart attack. Go, I'm gonna put a plan in place now so that I can avoid getting sick, being unwell, not producing, not being productive, et cetera. Man, I've had these warning warning sirens in my life over the years. I remember once I went in to get a massage and the the masseuse said to me, What do you do for a living? I said, I I, I run a couple of businesses. He said, oh, yeah, let's talk. And then mm. he started telling me about other leaders that come in and how they don't have enough rest and how we need to recover. And he just sees the damage. Yeah. And so he had an earful for me. And then I went to the doctor. I went to a naturalist uh, uh-huh. doctor. And it was the same conversation. It was, what do you do? And I told him, he said, you guys are like race cars. You, you leaders are like race cars. You have to put the right fuel in. You, ha- you are made for a certain purpose. If you want to run a high-performing engine, then treat yourself like a high-performing engine. And mm-hmm. that was his message to me. And it was really interesting. Interesting, know? yeah. But okay, so back to creating an active recovery plan. Here's the way I like to think of it. It goes back to that balance and counterbalance sort of concept. As leaders, we're using our minds for logic and strategy all of the time. Yeah. So active recovery for you might look like creative thinking. It might look like... Um, creative thinking, or or if you use your words for instructing and clarifying, you might add in singing or poetry or emotional expression. Oh, interesting. So think of it as balance and counterbalance, right? Hey, it's Rob. Having a hard conversation about behavior, performance, or alignment is something that most of us leaders fear. And because we fear it, we put it off, especially the difficult conversations. 
Lead Build Live has put together a course called Aligning Conversations that includes seven great coaching videos, reusable worksheets, and a guide that will give you the confidence you need to get that hard conversation on your calendar and do a great job with it. Check it out at leadbuildlive.com slash align. Here's another really interesting one. We tend to solve problems through leadership. Right. That's how we think of solving problems. Go solve problems through following. Be a part of something else where you're volunteering in a non-leadership capacity. Mm. It's good for you. Yeah, I mean, I, I love this idea of pushing yourself to do something that's outside of what you normally do and how you normally think. And that is that is an interesting counterbalance. I mean, I I used to live in Florida and I had this little this little bench that was right on the Gulf of Mexico. It was five minutes from my house and I would sit there. And I just can't tell you how it was a different pace. It was a different place. Mark Batterson, once I heard him say a change of place plus a change of pace equals a change in perspective. And I, you know, I'm go, go, go. And by slowing down and sitting and just giving myself permission to think, like without a problem to solve, but just just to sit and to be yeah. still and get quiet and a problem to solve, actually opened up my brain to solving. I was much more productive and much happier. And that's closing the loop. So when you do your active recovery thing uh, and you start to feel stronger and more capable and some clarity around your life and your leadership, right? that's closing the cycle. That's you getting stronger than you started. Yes. And so it, it, that's the full cycle of stress adaptation. Right. Right. So I, a couple more ideas just to keep it practical. Yeah. Um, we spend a lot of time typically as leaders, not everyone, of course, but a lot of us in office environments physically. Yep. And so a lot of people, a lot of guys, myself included, love to get out in nature. Uh, but if you're a leader and you live in a city, maybe you just go see a different side of your own city. So maybe you just go spend some time in a neighborhood where you're slightly uncomfortable. Yeah. Walk the streets. Yeah. Look around. Uh, maybe you go to an industry or a job that's entirely different than your own. Mm. You know, maybe you work in manufacturing and you go into a, a software company and just get a chance to follow a friend around or see what that what right. that's about. These things will change. It's the exact perspective thing that you just talked about. Yeah. You know, it's going to change your perspective. It's going to make you stronger. Well, and I like, again, going back to what you said about doing things that are different. I heard of a guy recently who I know who went to this class and the, the leader of the class said, um, how many of you are excited about this class? And uh, he rose his hand and said, I'm not. And that's exactly the reason I need this class. And over the weeks, watching this guy who's very cerebral, very business oriented in, in finance, um, uh, CFO sort of type, he's engaging creativity. The, the leader is having people do creative expression and painting and contemplation and meditation. Totally different than this guy normally works. Absolutely. But he has grown significantly over the course of, of this class. And I, I think it's a great example of someone getting out of their head the way they normally think, the way they normally speak, and exposing, exposing themselves to something different as a form of active recovery. Yeah. So and another thing for us is that our relationships at work in, or in a leadership capacity can be very limited around the topic um, 
and around the style. So I, if I'm in charge, I might interact with the people around me a certain way. Yeah. And I might be limited to very specific topics related to the project or the team I'm running. And we spend a lot of time in that environment, 40, 50 hours a week easy, right? If you're part-time. If you're part-time. <laughs> <laughs> We're not advocating that for anyone listening. Just kidding. But it Ish. does happen. And we know it does to us leaders. So I think that what I'm trying to get to is spend time in relationships that are entirely different than your work relationships. And what I mean by that is romantic relationships, Mm -hmm. peer relationships, uh, parenting relationships. Make sure you spend a lot of time with people that don't think you're cool and don't care about your credentials. My kids are wonderful for that. Yes. They, They will tell me, they'll hang out with me and they see me as a father and we actually have good relationships and they're teenagers. So I feel blessed by that. But, um, but I will say they don't they don't think that any of my work credentials matter a lot to them. Yeah, I, I heard Paul McCartney recently on an interview say his his kid was like twelve or thirteen and one day goes, Dad, are you Paul McCartney? Like had just come to the awareness of <laughs> yeah. this is the iconic Beatle, you know? Yeah. And all this sort of thing. He's like, I don't really care. It's like dad dad has a job, but dad's just dad. Yes. There is a lot of value in that because I, I will just say you know, in my experience in different spheres, but specifically working for a church, you're as a leader, you have all these people looking at you and you're expected to be, you know, a certain way. And sometimes you just want to go, I'm just a human and I just want to be myself. And so I've worked very intentionally to try to have relationships in my life where I just can be me. And if I'm having a rough day, I can just have a rough day and I don't have to worry about, oh my goodness, he's a terrible person. It's like, no, he's just human. And that's just... That's just Larry. I think that's so important for us to have the safe community where we can just let our guard down. A, a fellow leader of mine encountered over the past couple of weeks a situation where he he started to feel like he was a commodity to mm. the people he's leading. In other words, if they like the way he leads and if they agree with it, then they're there. And if not, then they're gone. Right. And in some ways, that's appropriate when you're in leadership. But in other ways, you know, you start to think of people that you work with closely or that are a part of your nonprofit or something as friends. And so it crosses that line for you. And then you find out that, you know, that relationship isn't what you thought it was. The way to build resilience around that feeling is to have people that are friends, right. not just to lead. You right. can't spend all your time leading. And so you need relationships in your life that are about friendship and people again you know it's 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 paul mccartney's kid looking at paul mccartney saying who are you daddy yeah yeah right i don't really care you know yeah yeah so so anyway that's really good for us and it's part of active recovery to identify that counterbalance and, and think about it that way okay so we have the counterbalance that we think about that's different than our normal thing changing exposing ourselves to different ways of thinking of talking of doing things that are different um you've mentioned like taking classes or being creative or just doing some other things and then investing in relationships can be very, very life-giving. What, what, other, uh, what other tips do you have for us for active recovery? You know, fitting in adventure, just, just fitting it in. And I think, you know, fitting in adventure, having friends that are different than you. And finally, I'll throw this out there. Sometimes you need to break a cycle in a harder way. Mm. So one of the things that we intend to do at Lead, Build, Live is offer retreats. Yes. And part of the goal of a retreat like that is active recovery. It's, it's an active way to recover, to change the paradigm. So we, we don't have retreats on the calendar yet. If you're interested, you can sign up on our website. 
at leadbuildlive.com slash community. Yeah. And then you can we can take the conversation from there. But I do want to say, even if it's not with us at Lead Build Live, that thought of interrupting your regular flow right. in, a, in a strong way to have a moment to stop and think about these things right. might be necessary yeah. as a leader. It might not be enough for you. We're going to provide also a great workbook with this episode of the podcast. I'm excited for that. And I think it'll help, but it's not always enough to process all of this. You know, I've been thinking about this because I had to stay on my back for almost a week after the hospital um, because my blood pressure was crazy and I was trying to adjust to the meds that they gave me. And I had a lot of time to think about recovery. And I realized it sort of confirmed even after vacation last summer, it takes me probably a good four to five days before I even come down from being in the seat. I mean, I have lots of meetings. I have a lot of um, leaders that I meet with on a regular basis. I meet with a lot of people to move things forward and to help people grow. And so I'm just on a hundred miles an hour and to have that opportunity to come down, even when I have that, it takes me time. I mean, it takes me days. And then I finally go, Oh, I'm not checking my watch to see if I have another meeting or I'm not looking at email or it, you know, the script in my head's not, spinning. How do you, what do you say to really busy leaders who have that? Is there a way to shorten that? Why is it that every time I go on vacation, it takes me five days to to slow down and catch up? I think that organizations, I think this is a bigger systemic problem, Larry. First of all, I identify a hundred percent with what you just said. For me, it's always four to five days just to unwind yeah. before any real work or life change can even, could even start. And that doesn't mean it's not worth taking shorter vacations, but the really deep sort of restoration doesn't come right away. Mm. It's just, I think that organizations as a whole need to think about this. They need to think about what kind of stress they're asking their leaders to endure. Mm, that's so good. So if you are on the board of a church, take a pause and think about the incredible stress of being a pastor and having to be right all the time and having people evaluate you yeah. and, um, your theology, your belief, your family, every aspect of your life. What does it really take for someone in that role to be able to recover, act, have active recovery? Think about a sabbatical program. Think about increasing vacation time for them. Mm. Support and love them. I'll tell you the other group that I always worry about is young leaders. Yeah. And here's why. They're new in leadership. They have a lot to prove, and so they're taking on a lot. It often coincides with a point in their life where there's a lot going on. Maybe they're married. Maybe they have children. Uh, a lot of that could be happening at the exact same time in life. Right. And they're not senior enough where they're making enough money to sort of maybe compensate or help at home. Things like hiring a housekeeper or something like that. And 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 for a lot of leaders, the stuff I'm even talking about is a whole other world. They're they're never thinking that they'll be in that position financially. Well, it just, yeah, whether it's financial or not, I think the idea of like recovering well on a consistent basis seems like a luxury to me. That's right. It does, but it's not. It's not. And so my encouragement is to organizations to take a, a beat and think about the stress they're putting people under. Yeah. If you've got a young promising leader and you burn them out, they're going to leave you. And you just lost all of your investment that you put in that leader yeah. for no reason. I, I love that you're saying this because I'm just so much of a proponent that we have to look at those we're leading as we have an opportunity and a responsibility, I would say, to invest in their wholeness. I mean, in our organization, we have a budget for counseling for our staff. 
So when life is hard, they need someone to process with, things are, are rough. I've pushed m- many of our staff to go to therapy. I go to therapy. Um, it's, it's, yeah. it's just so important, but so many organizations look at, I need you to, you're this cog in a wheel who does all these things. And so I just really admire leaders who say, I'm going to make um, a healthy environment for my leaders. I'm going to care about who they are as a person, their marriage, their life, their health, their relationships uh, matter as much as the outputs for my company, organization, church, whatever it might be. I think it's so important, but it takes us as leaders learning to do it ourselves which mm-hmm. takes time, and then advocating for those that we lead. But I will say, I think for places that invest in the health and wholeness of their leaders, your retention rate is going to be a lot higher because they know that you care about them as a human and about their health and not just what they do do for you. I, I would take it a step farther and say it's very reasonable to expect your leaders to perform well, to do the job they're being paid for really well, mm. when you also invest in their recovery, their active recovery. So then suddenly that those requirements and those expectations are more reasonable. And uh, and so that's a message back to leaders saying, you know, get into a good environment and situation, work with your team, with your board to get the type of life that is sustainable and healthy. Yes. And then perform and do a great job for them. Yes. You know, be the leader. Right. Uh, be the person you're supposed to be. And don't shy away from responsibility and accountability that is the full cycle of stress adaptation and, and learning and growing as a human. And it applies whether or not you're a leader even actually. But, you know, in the context of leaders, I just feel like uh, I feel like the leaders and the organization need to have these honest conversations. Yeah. And I think research is heavy around this topic right now. And what we're seeing is that millionaires, high performance leaders, performance coaches are saying that these people have moments, they meditate, they calm down, they have good rest mm-hmm. and recovery patterns in their life. Even if we see them go, 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 almost all of them have learned this secret to realize I can only be this top shelf leader that I need to be if I eat well, if I exercise, if I recover, I take seriously those inputs into my life, then I'm going to have much better outputs and I can sustain it over the long haul. And I know so many leaders that burn out and they walk away from their sphere of influence because they're exhausted. And it's because they didn't learn to recover. They didn't learn to rest. What are, um, as we move toward a close, what are some some other things that we can keep in mind to help us move toward a recovery plan? I want to remind people that, you know, we talk a lot with church leaders, and I certainly, although I've spent my career in the business side of things, I am always involved in my church. I believe deeply in the power of prayer, and not just prayer in the sense of asking God for things and hoping he answers, Mm. but the act of being in prayer and in meditation as being good for the soul and being part of active recovery. Mm. And finally, active recovery is a key ingredient to coming down off of big projects and really hard work to stay healthy. But there is a place for just plain rest. Yeah. Sleep, rest, margin. And so, you know, love yourself well love your family well mm. and uh and and build these things into your schedule that's how i would how i would summarize it all yeah you know i think in addition uh, some things i'm learning about myself it takes 4 or 5 days to come down i think that is a symptom of not developing a regular sitting on the bench looking at the ocean pattern for me a, a rhythm like right that. you've gone so far off into the stress land that it takes a while to even get back. Just get to get back to baseline, ground zero. The other thing I realized is that 
my achiever sort of workaholic self wants to go, 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 go long, long periods of time. But what I've come to realize this last year or two is that I work better in sprints. Now, some people, they're kind of the slow, methodical, just plod along. I'm a, a, a racehorse. I'll go, 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 go. And I realize that my productivity starts going down around week 12. If I don't start rest, take a couple of days off, get in the mountains, do go swimming, go to the beach, uh, yeah. that kind of thing. And, and I think that's common to go, wow, we, we should just be able to sustain for, for a year or two, three, four years. I have a friend who says he hasn't had a, a vacation in like three years or something, four years. Um, that's so terrible. Know, it's just crazy. It's so or people, dangerous. Yeah. Or people that go, I didn't have a, I haven't had a day off in a, in a year. It's like, no, no, no. Like if you want to be the best leader you can be, if you want to live a life that matters, the only way you can do that is to balance out being in the leadership seat all the time and learning to relax. My final thought is that I'm speaking uh, as a man who's learned this in a certain role in my family and my career for women and women in leadership. Uh, first of all, I love and respect all the additional responsibilities that they can often have, uh, sometimes around the family, around the home. And uh, you need support, be vocal about what you need and what kind of help you need to be healthy. Uh, my own wife, you know, we got better at communication over time around these things and around what she needed. And so I really encourage women, I'd love to hear in the comments additional ways uh, in our Facebook group, additional ways for that women can speak into this and tell us, tell me, how do you do active recovery and does it look any different uh, for a woman or um, how have you managed it? You yeah. Know? So I love it. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's a great uh, perspective. And Rob, this has been really helpful. I, it's been challenging to me to kind of go, I got some work to do put together a recovery plan. Cause I think that's the piece that's missing for me is that I've read a lot about it. It's like, it's like eating well, right? I, I've read a lot about nutrition and stuff, but at some point I have to make a meal plan. I have to buy the groceries. I have to cook the food. I have to eat healthy. Right. And I think what you're saying is you have to have a recovery plan, be intentional about it, do things that fuel you, that fit you, but also stretch you outside of your normal things so that there's a, a counterbalance, spend time with family and be intentional about those steps forward. I, I it's challenging to me. I hope it's challenging to you, friends. We're really excited about investing in this part of Lead, Build, Live, that we want your life to matter. We want you to have a life outside of your work. You can't be on all the time. And Rob's given some really great uh, tips to help us get started on that path. Rob, if they want to be a part of community uh, or even explore this uh, this Moab trip that you're talking about, we're going to try to put that together for this fall. What do they do? All right, so if you're interested in doing a retreat with us around active recovery and around leadership, go to leadbuildlive.com slash community, and from there you can see a link to the retreats. And I think the URL for the retreats directly is leadbuildlive.com slash retreats. Yeah, and I love the other thing on leadbuildlive.com slash community, you can also join our private Facebook group. Absolutely. Um, people are adding, we're adding new people to that every week. We're letting you know in there about podcast episodes and leadership quotes and having conversations around topics. And we're really excited about that tribe that's forming. We'd love for you to be a part of it. You can also, if you've not subscribed yet to our podcast, we'd really love it if you'd subscribe in your podcast app of choice. And we'd really, really love it if you're getting value out of this, if you like what we're talking about, if it's helpful to you in your life, we'd really love it if you would leave us a review. That really helps us get our podcast in front of other leaders just like you who are busy and they need help leading well, building healthy teams and organizations and living a life that matters. The last thing, 
uh, Rob, great content today. One of the things we try to do every episode is have a workbook. It's a free downloadable, simple workbook that lets people take it to the next step. Uh, we have that if you go to leadbuildlive.com slash 006, you can find out more information, the links to the books that you talked about today, uh, as well as download that free workbook and, and spend just 20 minutes with it and it'll make a huge impact in your life. Absolutely. Thanks, Larry. Thanks, Rob. Really appreciate it. Thanks, gang. Good to talk to you. We'll see you next week.